Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, we've got some important things in the three at three. Let's get right to it. This is the three at three on Wisconsin's afternoon news. All right, Sandy, where do we start? A parking structure at Bayshore Mall has suffered a partial collapse. WTMJ's Jason Smith at the scene. Hey, Jason, what are you seeing? Hey, so it's way less chaotic. Um, a lot of fire trucks out of the way. No bystanders here. However, they did give a little update. It happened at 1215. The ramp, the exit ramp, that is what collapsed. And the police chief, I mean, the fire chief, Whitaker says heavy snow is probably the cause. So to recap the important stuff, no one injured, right? No one injured. That's what they were doing when they were shoveling earlier. They were shoveling just to make sure there were no occupants. They also saw video from Facebook security camera. It seems as if no one was there. Um, that's what they say right now. Boy, Jason, it seems like if you had a car in there, though, because you were shopping or at work, that could be a big hassle moving forward. Yeah, that will be a hassle because it'll take, um, Fire Chief Whitaker said it'll take probably about a month before those type of cars can get out. However, they are allowing people who have cars in there to go in there to get their belongings, to get everything they need. However, the cars, they'll be in there for probably about a month because the, it, the third floor is basically now the first floor. The third floor collapsed and now it's basically the first floor. A month? What would Jason Smith do if he couldn't get in his car for a month? Oh, man, I'll tell you, I'll be pissed. I'm trying, I got to figure out work, school. I got to figure out too much. I will be pissed, and I will need some compensation somehow, some way. <laughs> Jason Smith at that seat at Bayshore. We'll check in a little bit later. Thank you, Jason. For sure. All right, what's next? We now have a better understanding of what caused the massive train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. A surveillance tape that's been unveiled today, Sandy, shows that a wheel bearing in the final stage of overheating failed moments before the derailment. They think that wheel bearing got up to 200 degrees. It disintegrated, and the train came off the track. Also today, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, making his first visit to the derailment site, saying that the folks there will have every resource that they need to make sure that things are made right. He's been under attack for not showing up there sooner, but he said that he followed the norm of staying out of the way of the independent NTSB investigation. We'll bring you the latest on this as we collect more information. And the third story. Flags across Wisconsin are at half-staff today to honor a fallen former governor. Put at half-staff immediately by the current governor, Governor Tony Evers, announcing the passing of former Wisconsin Governor Tony Earl today. Tony Earl was the 41st governor of the state of Wisconsin. He was a governor for one term, and he eventually lost to long-standing governor Tommy Thompson, 86 years old. Tony Earl was 86 years old, a Navy veteran, a graduate of Michigan State and the University of Chicago Law School. Big into the environment, too, former DNR secretary. And his legacy is probably marked most by his devout stewardship of conservation. As a matter of fact, the Peshtigo River State Forest was renamed as Governor Earl Peshtigo River State Forest a few years ago. So even if he did serve one term, boy, made an impact. He sure did. Made an impact. Charles Benson with some perspective and a deeper dive on his legacy. Charles is with us coming up at 515 on WTMJ.
Okay, so you get called out to a collapse if you're a fire department. There's heavy, wet snow and sleet. There's crushed cars. What do you do? How do you proceed? The Milwaukee Fire Chief, Aaron Lipsky, with some perspective. He is with us live up next on WTMJ. If you've been following us all afternoon, about 1 o'clock, reports came in that there was a partial parking garage collapse at Bayshore Mall, located in Glendale. First responders immediately got to the scene, and it became pretty apparent that the third floor of the garage, a chunk of it, had collapsed onto the second floor, which then both sections collapsed onto the first floor. Some vehicles were crushed. No one was injured. But, man, there was a huge response from North Shore Fire as well as Milwaukee Fire and other agencies. Aaron Lipsky is the fire chief. We call him just the main man here in Milwaukee. Hey, Chief, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. Um, I want to ask you a couple things. We want to kind of ask you to take us inside what a response like this is like. First off, these responses are unusual. They don't happen that often. When the call comes in that there's been a partial garage collapse, wow, what what goes through a firefighter's mind as you prepare to get to the scene? Um, well, it's, it's uh, similar and dissimilar to your average building collapse, whatever that is. Uh, we... When we respond to these, I think a lot of us with some time on the job, we think back to the uh, horrendous collapse of the double-decker freeways out in Oakland, I believe it was, yep. uh, during the earthquakes. And the fire service learned an awful lot at that moment in time about the survivability uh, from what may look from the outside as a totally unsurvivable collapse. So we put a lot of time and energy and training uh, and, and equipment uh, nipping and tucking into how will we search if we have these experiences. And uh, in this case, uh, I, I don't want to speak too much to the specifics of it, but uh, we have an absolutely incredible relationship with our shared services partners and the North Shore Fire Department certainly is key among those. So when they put out the call for help for something like this, uh, we're on the way uh, just as soon as we get that request. On the way to those sorts of emergencies, uh, you're you're primarily concerning yourself with things that you know at that moment. Time of day, uh, what type of area are you going into, commercial, residential, mixed use, industrial. Uh, and in this case, I would imagine during the middle of a busy business day, uh, all the members responding in were very, very concerned with a high likelihood for victims. So the heavy urban rescue team responded tell us about the mission of the team sure uh the team has been in existence for a number of years uh, uh probably over two decades yeah and their mission is is they cover uh, a ton of technical rescue disciplines uh structural collapse uh, trench rescue high angle rescue low angle rescue um and and a, a smattering of others uh, heavy vehicle lifting auto extrication these folks spend so much time training, uh, uh, both in-house and going to extra schools. Uh, it is it is literally, it falls in our special operations division. It is uh, pretty tip of the spear stuff for us. So their mission is uh, primarily uh, on, on our structure fires and other major medical emergencies is they're the firefighters who will rescue other firefighters if uh, we get firefighters trapped in some sort of situation. Uh, secondary to that, because they have such a such a huge expanse of other skills uh, and and 
equipment. Uh, it is it is to handle all of the extraordinary beyond the capacity of our already highly trained fire engines and ladder trucks. So uh, technical rescue is the short answer. So, Chief, is this a group of firefighters that are assigned just to the HURT team, or is this like SWAT in police, where they're regular frontline first responders who then also do extra duty because of specialized training? So a uh, little bit of both. Uh, they are members who have volunteered uh, for just a, an enormous amount of additional uh, specialized training. And then we have in the Milwaukee Fire Department, uh, the Heavy Urban Rescue Team is centralized at one north, side, one north side station and one south side station. Each of those stations houses a heavy rescue truck. Uh, and that is an enormous uh, utility box on wheels. They do also handle regular assignments uh, because everybody's so busy nowadays. We, we can't just hold them in abeyance for these sorts of runs because they're so unique. So they are also handling uh, medical runs in their area. They're going to service calls and fire calls in their area. Uh, but when a technical rescue call comes in, uh, it's go time for them. They are uh, very, very, very proud to be able to contribute in this way uh, in helping our partners. So, Chief Lipsky, when they realize they're going to a situation like this where there is going to be concrete and rubble and possibly, you know, learning as they're on their way, I'm sure what some of the dynamics are of, is it a total collapse, a partial collapse? And then one of the Rocky Rococo employees said it sounded like a bomb. Do you have to prepare for what are, what are they doing on that drive to get prepared for arriving at the scene? So uh, a huge part of the training involves the distilling of what is oftentimes uh, changing or, or conflicting information or little or no information, distilling that into a plan. And these folks uh, spend a lot of time uh, assigning positions to people so that everybody knows where everybody else is going to be and who's going to have what specific functions. Uh, and and you, you glanced off of it without really saying it, but uh, we live in an environment where nefarious actors are all around us and uh, uh, global terrorism being what it is, you do have to worry about those things. So you're listening very keenly to the information of the early arriving companies so that you can start to posture yourself uh, in the right direction. Uh, On their arrival at something like this, uh, to watch these companies deploy, uh, you may get the impression uh, that they're bored or lackadaisical. And what you are really observing, if you look closely, is they are breathing in and drinking in every detail they can about the scene. Uh, And you're typically not going to see these folks traveling empty-handed. They're going to fill their hands with tools, and uh, they're ready to go to work when they get there. Chief, we only got one minute, but I know you're not on the scene. The snow yesterday was sleet, mostly in Milwaukee and Glendale. It was very, very heavy. Can that weight actually collapse concrete platforms or ramps? Uh, it would be really uh, premature for me to say that definitively, but I think if uh, if one were to use their own eyes and look at the video and pictures, I would say that it can. Boy, it just seems weather, whether you guys are fighting in the real cold, dealing with the after effects of a lightning storm or snow, and weather's so unpredictable, that just makes the job so much tougher for you guys in every season. Yep, we're good for it. 
uh, our firefighters and paramedics, uh, as as with all of our shared services partners, they're they're good for it. Uh, that's that's one thing that firefighters will always uh, tell you is we'll make it work. And you do. He is Chief Aaron Lipsky, the chief of the Milwaukee Fire Department. Chief, I know you had a busy day. Thanks for uh, ducking out and joining us for a couple of minutes. I appreciate your interest in it. Thank you so much, both of you. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Meteorologist Brian Niznanski is with us this afternoon. Hey, Niz. Hey, guys. Yeah, that was quite the storm last night, guys. Boy, it was. So one of the angles we wanted to take with you today is that storm led to sleet and really, really heavy stuff, especially right through the metro area. And by the way, you nailed it. Your map several days out to what happened was it, top tier. Nice job. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, let me yeah, ask I you about the weight. people dealing with some issues. Yep. Yeah, yeah the, totally. The, Go for it. The weight of that stuff at Bayshore, it looks like that was a contributing factor is what I read from one law enforcement, the, the snow and sleet that got plowed into one corner of sure. the parking structure there. The weight. How, how yeah, do we that's... measure how heavy and nasty that stuff is? You know, there's no way of saying, I mean, I've seen the same images, exactly how much snow that is and how much, like how high that pile was. But what I can tell you is, okay, so standard snow, let's say actually a pretty decently heavy snow, has a 10 to 1 ratio as far as like 10 inches of that snow has as much water content uh, as one inch. So to do some mathematics, I'll just shoot it straight here, mm-hmm. uh, six point. Um, a cubic foot, let's take a cubic foot of a standard heavy snow, that weighs 6.2 pounds. Okay. Now, sleet has a ratio of 2.4 to 1. So that same cubic foot would weigh 26 pounds, which wow. is four times more than standard snow. So if you piled up that much sleet, that would weigh four times more than if you piled up standard snow. Do you know what I mean? Four times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, I mean, it, it, that pile of snow weighed a lot. Um, and it, quite frankly, looking at, you know, the space that collapsed and yeah. the amount of snow that is below that, um, I think it's a pretty fair assumption that that played some significant role. Of course, there could be some other issues, drainage or, you know, structural failure of some sort, but that that was a lot of weight. A contributing uh, factor for sure, it seems like. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I mean, just, I mean, to, we could talk all the numbers you want. We all shoveled it, right? It was yeah. super heavy. It was extremely heavy. The six inches that I had up in Grafton, or even a little bit more than that, I think was the heaviest six-inch snowfall I've ever lifted in my life. I mean, it was. It broke my shovel. My snowblower wasn't happy about it. Yep. Um, it weighed a lot. Yeah, I would agree it was brutal. Did anything surprise you about yesterday's storm, timing, amounts, how it rolled through? <sighs> you, you know... <laughs> I got to tell you, what surprised me is that, you know, with our forecast that everything came together, right? (laughs) You know, you always get a curveball. You mentioned it on the top of the show, and normally I don't like to talk, but yeah, uh, um, we we had this one. uh, It was a consensus effort here with Storm Team 4 to nail down the forecast. And you know me that I don't. Our forecast was actually probably higher than most others, including the National Weather Service. Um, we were only ones who predicted potentially 12 inches up towards Sheboygan. Um, it, you know, so I got a little nervous yesterday as far as like sticking out there that far. Um, but then it panned out. Yeah. I'm glad we were able to alert the public to that to that amount. So now the cold weather comes for a day. 
I guess the question is, like, in my driveway, it was sleet. So I tried to get it off as best I could, but in some places my snowblower was really not having it. And it's warm today, I so I think when I get home, a lot of it may have melted the little remnants. But with that little blast yep. of cold air, how will that impact things before we warm up again? Get any of those little remnants off tonight if you can, because tomorrow is going to be cold enough. Tonight will be cold enough eventually. Um, we're going to see probably single digits across much of the area. I think I'm going with the low in Milwaukee around 12, but most of the other parts of southeastern Wisconsin, we're, we're looking at lows in the single digits. So any of that slush is going to quickly harden up. You're not going to be able to budget tomorrow. Then we do warm back up this weekend. So, um, yeah, if you have time after work, this afternoon, get out there and scrape away anything that you can. Niz, you have validated the pact that I made with my boyfriend as we left this morning. It's like, I think it's going to be the warmest it's going to be tonight. Let's just take care of it together and then prepare yeah. for the freeze. Good call. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, really good call. Um, that goes for the roadways. I hope the crews, and I, and I know they're out there, they're working hard. Clear this stuff as much as you can before that cold settles in tonight because then it's going to be a brick. And maybe if your car is actually parked in, like, okay, so a lot of the times on the city streets, um, mm-hmm. you're, you got the boulders around you and stuff. Um, try to get out now because, like, those boulders are going to be, like, denting your car type stuff. Oof, yeah. You know, it just when you try like, to get out tomorrow. Like cement. Yes. So, so do that now. Do all those preparations now because it is going to, I mean, we're not talking like, like crazy Arctic, uh, you know, blast, but like standard winter cold returns tonight and all of this really sloppy stuff will harden up very quickly. All right. So lead us through the next five days and is beginning tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So again, tonight we're looking at some cold conditions, 12 for the low in Milwaukee, maybe a few flurries, a little bit breezy, four degrees inland. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and cold, a high of only 24 tomorrow, um, which is about 10 degrees colder than normal. Now, as we head on into Saturday, mostly sunny back up to 35. Sunday, mostly sunny, 41. We're going to be melting some of this stuff here this weekend. And then on Monday, 46 with rain likely. looks like we could pick up like an inch of rain, not freezing rain, normal rain. Um, with this. And then as we head into Tuesday, uh, 40 degrees with a partly cloudy sky. We really didn't talk much about the ice, but there's a lot of people still without power Mm -hmm. guys across the southern spots. Um, Hopefully the crews with the warmer weather today, they didn't have to worry so much about those branches falling on them, can still make a dent in some of those power outage numbers. Meteorologist Brian Nisnansky, good stuff. Thanks for the info, Niz. Yep, we'll see you at uh, roughly a little after 5 o'clock, around 5.30. You got, got it. some historical, historical facts as far as this ice goes. Ooh, good. Ooh. Good stuff. All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you then, buddy. Cool. So we talked a little bit with Niz about the collapse at Bayshore. We're going to get you the very latest information. We're live at the scene. That's up next on WTMJ. Big story this afternoon started out kind of scary. Reports came into the WTMJ Breaking News Center that there had been a collapse of the parking structure at Bayshore Mall in Glendale. So, you know, one of the first things we did was grab our guy, Jason Smith, and say, man, you got to get out there and see what's going on. Jason is with us this afternoon. Uh, Jason, you kind of watched this whole thing unfold from the first calls coming in. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the whole thing. When I first got here, it was super chaotic. I'm talking about probably 15 fire trucks, all sorts of police cars, but it's similar all the way down. There's literally only two fire trucks here. Um, just The yellow tape is still up, but it's all the way calmed down. So when the news came in that there had been a collapse, then it was changed to there's been a partial collapse. You were right there, I mean, like just yards away from firefighters frantically digging through the snow. What was that like as they didn't know what was in there and you didn't know what they were looking for? Well, so like everybody who was sitting there watching, 
like, like looking because we were trying to figure out what we're doing. Like all we saw was a little bit of shoveling, and at some parts, like the whole fire crew would stop shoveling and, and circled around one person shoveling. Um, we were all confused. We were worried because we were like, oh, my God, like, is there somebody in there? But And that's exactly what they were shoveling for, according to Fire Chief Whitaker. Um, he said they were shoveling to make sure they weren't any occupants. So no one was injured. Uh, what about the status of cars that are out there? Cars, they will be stuck in there um, for about a month. Nothing, uh, the fire chief says, nothing that they can do. I mean, the, the ramp, the exit ramp, the only exit ramp to this garage is gone. So, I mean, like, it's not like you can just drive a tow truck. Like, it's nothing you can do until they figure out with the engineering team hired by Bayshore, um, because they said they're not really in, the city's not really in charge of the engineering that um, built the structure. So they're waiting on Bayshore's engineering team to try to figure out how to get those cars out. Jason, do we know how many drivers may be affected by this? Just how many cars are in in that rubble? They say only a few. Um, literally, like, behind, like, right in front of the... Um, not in front, but behind, like right when you walk into the garage, it's two cars that they say were um, piled, like snow was piled all on top of those two cars. So those two cars are probably done, but it's a few more cars in there that they're hoping to get out within months. You said people cannot get their car for a month? Yeah. They, they, oh, my it, gosh. They can't. There's nothing they can do. So I know that, I know that they're going to be – when they get that news, or I mean, I'm sure they got it already. Oh man, I can only imagine they taste like what? What do I do now? Man, I hope they got Uber app on their phone. Uber, Lyft, something. They got to come. They got to come up with something, man. Um, that's why I'm hoping. I mean, I can. I guess I'm saying I'm hoping, but hopefully, something to you know help them out a little bit or something. It does make I mean, you. Th- it's not, I mean, it's not. Oh, it does make you think what you leave in your car and what you really need. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do start thinking about necessities. Like, okay, you start thinking about what's really important in life. WTMJ. It's just good that nobody was in there. That's the good yep. thing. You are right, Jason. You're absolutely right about that. Jason Smith at Bayshore Mall. Good uh, work this afternoon, Jason. Thank you. No, thank you. It is 3.53 at WTMJ. So the police chief and fire chief both addressing the issue of snow and sleet on the roof this morning, and much of that snow and sleet was moved by a plowing service because it's a parking lot up there to one corner of the structure and we've been kind of wondering and discussing how much it might have weighed because all of us who had to clear snow today and there's many of us who've been comparing notes and muscle soreness now because the the snow and the sleet was just so heavy and so difficult to manage last yeah. night and this morning and we're hearing from local meteorologists who are giving it some some weight and kind of painting the picture of what this might have been like we talked mathematics a little bit with brian Niznanski from tmj4 storm team 4 uh team and then uh, molly bernard from wisn 12 tweeted out just how heavy sleet can be so she did the math and put out an in uh, an infographic of all these red cars Assuming all the sleet on the rooftop of the parking garage at Bayshore Town Center was pushed into six parking spots, so concentrating mm-hmm. all that, Molly wrote, the weight of all the sleet is approximately 70 tons, about the same as 35 cars. Whoa, in, in that, that little area. In that area for six 35 cars. 35 cars. Yeah. Yeah, that could do it. That could be a That's major a lot problem of pressure. for sure. Thank goodness no one was hurt. Indeed.